0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So today, yes, is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. We're commemorating Mary and Joseph, bringing and presenting the child Jesus, bringing him to the temple, redeeming him with the sacrifice of uh, a pair of turtle doves um, or pigeons, right? They probably do use pigeons because they were poor. Anyway, what we need to really understand this feast, we need a long, long Old Testament running start, if you will, if we're going to appreciate and grasp this New Testament reality, this New Testament fulfillment. So I want to start all the way back in the beginning. Let's go to creation, to Genesis 1. What you see in Genesis 1 is the construction of the cosmic temple. This whole litany of on the first day, on the next day, on the next day, what God's doing, he's constructing this grand cosmic temple. It looks like all these other ancient, it looks similar to other ancient Near Eastern temple construction myths, right? It's it's. That's the genre, that's what's happening, that God is building this temple. And the last thing to be installed in the temple is the image of the deity, right? Think of the ancient world, they build the temple, uh, the Parthenon. The last thing installed is the the, uh, statue of Athena, right, for Athens. The last thing installed is the image of the deity. So you come to Genesis 1, on the sixth day, who is created... Man and woman, right? In the image and likeness of God. And they're installed, if you will, in the temple. They're installed in the temple as the image. The temple of the cosmos. What you have in Genesis is this sort of interpenetration of heaven and earth. These two realms being completely overlapping, right? God dwelling in communion and union with Adam and Eve. Walking amongst them in the cool of the evening, right? That's the imagery of Genesis. That there wasn't this distinction between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm that they were this that the cosmos was the temple right it was this interpenetration of both of these places but things didn't stay that way obviously our first parents in grasping at the fruit they disobeyed and they were exiled from eden in their disobedience so fast forward now to the book of exodus you have the israelites delivered from slavery to pharaoh in egypt God instructs Moses, after they've received the tablets of the law in the desert, they've received the instructions to build the Ark of the Covenant, God instructs Moses to build the tabernacle, right? Not like a box, but this like tent-dwelling area, right? The tabernacle was a tented area, and inside the tabernacle was the tent of the meeting, which was where God and Moses would meet uh, behind the veil curtain, but it was said they would meet face-to-face as friends, so once again here, you have the, the there would be a Venn diagram, think of it that way, a Venn diagram overlap between heaven and earth, and that space of the overlap was the tabernacle, the tent of the meeting, where heaven met earth and earth met heaven. That's what was going on there. Fast forward now to Exodus, book of Exodus uh, chapter 40, right? This is where we hear that the Then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, the glory cloud, the Shekinah in Hebrew. The glory cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting. So God's presence fills the tabernacle, His glory fills the tent of the meeting. So as Israel grows and expands, we're moving into the uh, age of conquest in Israel's history. They're moving into the era of the judges, right? Then conquering other people and then expanding. Then we come time for the age of the kings of Israel. So first Saul is anointed, right? Then he's cast off because of his infidelity. Then we have David being anointed by Samuel. We heard that story not too long ago. David himself, the great king, he dreams of building for God a great temple. He says, what am I doing? I'm living in this palace of cedar and God's ark is dwelling in a tent. I should build him a temple. But it wasn't David's job to build the temple. It was Solomon's job, David's son, to build the temple. So Solomon constructs this massive temple complex. And then we read in 2 Chronicles... After the Holy of Holies is constructed, right, so the Holy of Holies is the center part, the center part of the, of the, of the temple, the tent of the meeting, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, all of those pieces of God's dwelling in the, in the desert wandering, all of that is brought into Solomon's temple and installed inside the Holy of Holies. It's not like that stuff gets cast off or like now we got some new stuff. No, all of that is incorporated and absorbed into the new temple and we hear this, The house of the Lord was filled with the cloud, the cloud of God's glory, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Does that sound familiar, right? Just like what happened in the desert wandering. What was the temple? The temple, again, the temple was the trysting place, the point of of meeting between heaven and earth, the Venn diagram overlap, right? Where man came to meet God and where God came to meet man. Okay, however, as time progressed, Israel's infidelity to the Lord, it waxed and waned and lagged behind to the point of just apostasy and idolatry. And it was the prophet Ezekiel railing against Israel, railing against the priests, railing against the, uh, the establishment, saying that the glory of the Lord is not going to remain. We hear from Israel, he has this vision that no Jew could have ever imagined. Ezekiel says, Then the glory of the Lord... The presence of the Lord. Then the glory of the Lord went forth from the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. Ezekiel saw the Lord's glory depart the temple, leave the temple. The cloud that had descended upon the temple was like, I'm out of here. He leaves the temple. And Ezekiel even says, by what gate he leaves? was by the east gate. That's going to be significant. Okay, so from the time of Ezekiel to the gospel today, the glory of the Lord was absent from the temple like a body without a soul, like a house that nobody was home in, right? An empty monstrance, that was the temple. But, th- but, but then God did something, right? Things take a very unexpected turn. God does something that nobody saw coming. What Scripture calls, that Luke calls, the fullness of time, God sends one of his angels from the throne room of God to a young handmaiden of Nazareth named Mary, betrothed to a man named Joseph, to give her some exceptional news. Gabriel says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That word, overshadow, it only appears in Scripture when God's glory cloud in the Old Testament overshadows, fills the tabernacle, fills the tent of the meeting, overshadows, fills the temple, right? It's the same cloud, right, that same overshadowing that departed in Ezekiel's vision. But now what the Lord is doing, the Lord is overshadowing and fills not like halls of stone and marble. He fills a womb of flesh, right? Mary, who is the earth, David says, all the earth is filled with the glory of God. In her, that is true, right? And then that same Lord, the glory of the Lord incarnate, the glory of the Lord incarnate was carried like, imagine that, right? The glory of the Lord that descended upon the temple, that no, because of it, no one could even go near it. That glorious Lord, so humble, so small, so powerful that he, become, he can become powerless, was carried into the temple in the arms of his own mother, God hiding himself in his own human flesh. And guess what gate Mary and Joseph walked through? The east gate, The East Gate, the same gate through which the glory of the Lord departs, the glory of the Lord re-enters. But wait, there's more. To fully grasp a picture of what the Church is inviting us to like to contemplate this morning, let's look at. I mean, we have to look at Saint Paul, right? Saint Paul, the first theologian of the New Testament, Saint Paul, who says in Corinthians, "Do you not know that you are God's temple?" You are God's temple, that God's spirit dwells in you. Everything, all the glory, all the beauty that rocked Anna, that rocked Simeon. Like, think about that. Simeon and Anna were like, okay, now I can die. Like, that must have been an exceptional experience, seeing the baby Jesus, right? Everything that they experienced, we experience in this mass, but to a degree that they couldn't have even imagined. Like, Jesus, the glory of the Lord is not just simply going to be placed in your arms. He's going to be put inside your body, in the temple of your body. And so, like, the only response is is to listen to what David says in the psalm, where David says, O gates, lift higher heads, grow higher ancient portals. Then he says, let him enter. Let him enter the king of glory. Let him enter. Where does he need to enter? Right here right here. That's the presentation of the Lord, friends, and we should be trembling for what we're about to receive. Amen.